Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. On your Tuesday afternoon, you are listening to Focus Fox Valley. Thanks for joining me. And joining me in studio, you've heard him here right on WHBY, Josh Duclo. Hey, Haley. Hi, Josh. How are you? I am doing fantastic. It's a little different for me to be on the radio this late. Uh, in the day. This is true. Uh, people are used to hearing me in the mornings, of course, with Fresh Take. And uh, actually, last summer, I did have an afternoon or two that I was filling in when we were doing um, the WHBY afternoons and happened to be anchoring some severe weather coverage with our uh, my producer, Zach Morris, when a tornado went over the top of the studio. So if you remember the tornado about a year ago exactly, in fact, yes. it was just a few days ago, it was the one-year anniversary, um, that was my uh, afternoon <laughs> news anchoring experience. Experience, and it was also the most traumatizing experience in my broadcast career. But uh, a good memory, and certainly come a long way from there. And I'm loving your new show, by the way. It's a lot of fun. Great thing for in the afternoon here. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. I was going to say one of the first things I was told here at the station is if you can survive a tornado going over your head <laughs> while anchoring your show, then you can get through anything. So some great advice yeah, there we go. from someone who's been here a little bit longer than me. The only thing I can tell you was in my head that day, all I thought was just keep talking. Just keep talking. Just keep talking. We're professionals. That's we right. got to do it. That's what we got to do. That's right. And bringing your news background here to the station, a really cool addition, different perspective, different experiences, really enjoying it so far. And I'm hearing a lot of good feedback in the community. So Thank you. I appreciate up. that very, very yeah, much. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk about a big event that you've got going on yeah. in a couple of day weeks yeah, it's so. uh, a week from tomorrow okay uh, at oshkosh the rise and grind community room so rise and grind is at 240 algoma avenue i think I can Algoma Boulevard. If you, if okay, like 240 Algoma yeah. Boulevard. We'll go with that for now. Rise and Grind, a co-working coffee shop type space. They've got some meeting rooms. We're going to be meeting there to talk about the big Supreme Court decision or what I've been calling lately the non-decision that came out yesterday. Uh, I've been waiting for this decision to drop for a month. I've been predicting since oral arguments in October that this would be one of the biggest cases of the year. It wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. Uh, they didn't really go one way or another. We'll get into a little bit of what the court actually decided in a second um, but nonetheless there is a lot to talk about at this event next week wednesday june 27th 7 p.m so it's an evening event we're inviting you all of you who are listening right now to come join us we're going to talk with some experts about this decision and about the entire concept of gerrymandering and redistricting that happens it happens every 10 years it is set forth by law it has to happen every state kind of does it their own way and there's some controversy over just how this was done in wisconsin back in 2010 following that census you're looking at the calendar you're saying wait it's almost 2020 yeah there's another census coming which means redistricting is right around the corner again which makes the these midterms and the next 2020 elections, both for Congress and president, really, really important for this reason, in addition to all the other reasons why elections are important. So, Josh, people are listening at home. They're going, how is this affecting me? Right. Why is this important to me? Why should I care? Yeah. The whole premise of our democracy is that when you vote, you have the potential to choose your representative. Right? That is fundamental to the nature of democracy. 
And the problem with the redistricting maps, at least the claim that's being made by some, is they feel like the maps are so biased. They are so slanted in favor of one party that if they don't support that party, they have no hope of ever having their views represented in their government. That they can cast all the votes they want. They can. I, I talk a lot on my show about getting involved and advocating and getting engaged sure. in the process. You, they could do all of that. And it still wouldn't make a difference because the fundamental basis of the distribution of votes is so skewed. And one of the fact points that they bring up is that in uh, a recent election here in Wisconsin, after this new map was put into place, Republicans across the state garnered about 48% of total votes. But that vote total, because of the way the lines are drawn, actually got them 60% of the seats in the legislature. So you get 48% of the votes, but you get 60% of the seats. I think anybody who is familiar even vaguely with democracy is understanding there's something maybe a little wrong with that. And if you feel like your vote doesn't count, that matters because all the issues come down to voting, right? We always talk about how important voting is. If you feel like your vote doesn't count, that affects everyone. Very cool. So you have some pretty interesting people joining you on this panel. Yeah, that's right. We have uh, UW Oshkosh professor Jim Simmons. He's going to bring a little bit of the background, the context, the history of gerrymandering and redistricting, kind of what is this issue? So he's bringing kind of the academic perspective. Okay. Then we have Martha Lanning. She is the chair of the Wisconsin Democratic Party. So she'll be there to bring the party, the partisan, the electoral perspective. It's the parties um, that are contesting these elections, and they are the ones who, when they're in power, get to draw the maps. That's how our system works. If you control the majority of the legislature, you draw these maps following a census. And so the parties have a huge stake in this because, again, back to those numbers, the Democrats actually won 52% of votes and only got 40% of the seats. Hmm. And they feel like that's fundamentally unfair that that is keeping their constituents from being represented. So we're going to get that partisan perspective as well. But here's the one I'm really stoked about. UW Law Professor Bill Whitford is the named plaintiff in the case the Supreme Court decided Gil v. Whitford. He is going to give us the background and inside scoop about how this case got started, what it was like arguing the case. Now, he didn't argue it, but he is one of the people who was sort of Um, represented in saying, yes, we need to take this case all the way. He's a law school professor, and so he's the named plaintiff. The interesting wrinkle here is that the decision from the Supreme Court, it didn't address the maps, it didn't address redistricting, it addressed standing. Now, this is a technical legal term. Standing means you actually have the ability to bring the challenge you're trying to bring. And typically what is required is a court has to find that you have standing in order for your case to proceed. In this case, the court, the case got all the way to the Supreme Court, and then they said, we don't think the plaintiffs have standing at the very end of the process. So rather than throw out the case or make a decision, they did what's called remanding the case back to the lower federal court and saying, okay, lower federal court, we want you to determine if these plaintiffs do have standing. And they actually gave some guidance to those lower courts as well as to the plaintiffs, mm-hmm. about what that would look like. How do you show you have standing in this case? And what elements of their argument did they essentially not buy? They're saying, you tell us you have standing, but you said X, Y, and Z. We don't buy that. Try again. 
So the plaintiffs get another crack at this, and we'll get one of those plaintiffs, UW Law School professor Bill Whitford, on the panel with us. So those are our three heavy hitter panels. How long of a process could this all be? How long could this really you know, take? Yeah, uh, oral arguments in this case at the Supreme Court were made in October. So that's the Supreme Court process has already been going for eight, nine months. That's the last step in the legal process. So this has already been going on for a number of years. Uh, going forward, it's possible that this goes back to that lower court. They have a hearing. The judge says, well, based on guidance from the Supreme Court, I'm going to decide you don't have standing. It gets thrown out. It's over. Now, trust me, there will be other lawsuits that come after this. I'm sure. But the process of a court case... It's really hard to say. I'm not a lawyer. I, I just, I watch a lot of the news. I, I know how some of these things go. Trials can be quick, and then there can be extensive trials where you're bringing in a lot of witnesses, you're bringing in a lot of evidence. Um, one of the interesting things in the decision that came out yesterday, it was a unanimous decision, 9-0, to send it back down to the lower court, but there were actually more than one written decision delivered. Justice Elena Kagan, an Obama appointee recently here, new to the court, or relatively speaking, new to the court, she actually said there could be an interesting case to be made based on First Amendment rights of association. That somehow an overly partisan, gerrymandered map, uh, it infringes on people's rights to freely associate. If you want to be a part of the Democratic Party, but the way that the, that the, the election map is structured means the Democratic Party you're a part of never can be in power... She's saying maybe that's a First Amendment issue. Now, a lot of people I've talked to kind of give a quizzical look to that. Um, it's unusual for a justice to be offering legal advice as part of the decision, but this whole thing has become very unusual, which makes the event next week, Wednesday, all that much more important, is to get a handle on this, understand what's happening. This is not the end of the story. I was thinking we were going to have an event that was kind of a, a post-mortem, so to sure. speak. That's not what we're doing. This is still ongoing. And uh, Bill Whitford told me that there's not going to be a resolution to this before next Wednesday for sure. Um, so how long could this go? Who knows? Interesting. Yeah. So I really am encouraging everybody to come out and join us June 27th. That's next week, Wednesday. Rise and Grind Community Room in Oshkosh. We start at 7 p.m. It'll go till about 8.30. We're gonna ha I'll be moderating, so I'll be asking questions. Our panelists will answer. We're also going to take... Uh, call uh, questions from the audience calls, right? That's what I usually do. <laughs> I know. We're in a live people, setting. You're hoping people are live there right. to speak up. We're going to take your questions. If you've got thoughts on this, even just bring your opinions, right? What do you think about this issue? Are you worried about this? I've done this topic on my show, and I'm always surprised that I don't get flooded with emails and phone calls because, I, again, I see this as such a fundamental issue to the nature of our democracy. But we want you to join us live and in person, Fresh Take Live, coming to the Rise and Grind Community Room, June 27th, 7 p.m. If you can't get out of the house, we are live streaming this on our website and our Facebook page. Great. I was going to ask, and if people maybe want to send you a question ahead yes. of time, can they do that too? Absolutely. I take emails all the time on any subject, freshtake1150 at gmail.com, freshtake1150, the digits, at gmail.com. Com. I'll take your emails anytime, and um, we also will have somebody monitoring the Facebook feed. So if you're watching on Facebook, you can comment. We'll get those into the conversation as well. Perfect. And it, it's at Rise and Grind, which is at 240 Algoma Boulevard yeah. in Oshkosh. So you had that right, Josh. I got that. You got I got that. that. Nailed it down. Fantastic. Well, thanks for helping me get the word out. I'm very thrilled that you joined us, and I hope that people join your conversation next Wednesday, June 27th. Rise and Grind in Oshkosh should be a very 
an interesting conversation. Yeah, we're hoping that it's very engaging and informative. We don't want it to devolve into some partisan bickering, so if that's what you're into, don't come. <laughs> but we want your thoughts, we want your opinions, and we look forward to seeing you. Wonderful. Josh, thank you very much for being here. Thanks, Haley. All right, more Focus Box Valley coming up right after a look at your local news. We are back with more of Focus Fox Valley, and my guest this afternoon joins us by phone. We're hearing from Ben Kastner with Fox Valley Technical College. Hello, Ben. Hello. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me to tell me more about this boot camp welding initiative you guys got going on. You bet. It's a grant project the college is working with, uh, and with its sister college, Moraine Park, down in Fond du Lac. And the idea of the welding boot camp is to bring an experience or a training to an individual that may not have their high school diploma, um, but it's not limited to those individuals. Um, so it, it's actually open to anybody. So somebody maybe looking to do a change in life, a career path change. Uh, it, it's a great opportunity that the boot camp uh, has come to offer. And it's a it's kind of a condensed version, correct? It is. It's. It's kind of a intense. It's it's a 17 week program. It's a Monday through Friday from 9 to 4:30. Um, within that boot camp, uh, the student will have an opportunity of a, at least of 144 hours of internship. It's paid at a guaranteed rate of $12 an hour. Um, if that employer that uh, picks them up for the internship, and that's kind of a, a little catch, and I'll kind of talk a little bit more about that. Uh, if that employer has more hours available, the student is welcome to pick up those extra hours. But the key thing that we keep telling the students is your key focus is to successfully pass this program so that it, you can be picked up full-time by that employer. Now, you did have a group of pilot students go through, I correct? Yeah, They just graduated here just recently. Um, we had eight graduates. All eight of those students uh, successfully completed. Um, I believe it was three of them required uh, or needed their HSED. So that was the cool thing about it is while they were in their welding classes, the classes were matrixed or DNA'd kind of, so to say, that while they were doing those welding classes, they were completing pieces needed for their HSED. Um, there, there are some things that they have to finish outside of the regular class, but it, it, it makes it um, more appealing to the student rather than attending more additional classes to earn their HSED. What was the overall feedback from that first group of students? I found that that whole cohort got to be a very tight-knit group. You could see mm -hmm. kind of a, uh, I would say, like a family bond. Sure. You know, they kind of, you know, big pats, big hugs, tears, you know. Um, one individual, basically it was, it was this or go to prison. And, you know, it, it gave that, you that chill feeling when he was speaking. You know, it was something he came up forward himself to talk about at graduation. Wow. And you could see how, and you could hear it in the tone. And it just, it just, it gave you that little shiver. It was like, oh, way to go, you know. And, and I felt really proud of him to come up there and speak about that, you know. You hear about programs changing lives. This, this one certainly seems like it is. It did. It did. Can you tell me a little bit about the the welding uh workforce right now and, and the need for, for welders? Um, that is why the wel welding boot camp is here. Um, the, the colleges have what's called advisory committees where we're meeting with employers at least twice, twice a year to make sure that these programs are designed to uh, secure jobs for these students so they leave this classroom and enter that classroom of life. 
um, and, and those advisory committees that I've attended that, that they're in need. They need somebody who can show up on time, be able to communicate, um, stay off their cell phone, and follow a task, you know, and uh, the demand is there. I understand, Ben, that this is a grant-funded program? It is a grant. So um, we're working with really um, a partnership with Marine Park on it. It's the first time we've done a collaboration type thing like that. Fantastic. Yeah, Marine Park, was, uh, they've been actually running this boot camp for several years, um, and we've been actually working the... Um, uh, higher graduating with the HSED GED format. So we're kind of sharing uh, tips and tricks, as you could say, um, so both both colleges can benefit fr- from that to help uh, the students out. Wonderful. So, Ben, tell me who the who, who is the ideal student to go through this program? As I said, this is open to anybody. If somebody's oh, looking perfect. for a change, yeah. somebody who, you know, uh, actually, the way it was designed, some of the marketing material is somebody knows somebody that needs a job or or maybe their grandson sitting on the couch and, <laughs> or granddaughter or whatever. Because yeah. we had uh, uh, two gals in that last group that went through. Wonderful. Uh, I, I kind of always joke with the guys, you got competition because those got girls, you know, they can lay down a pretty sweet bead of weld because they're more patient, more detailed, you know, so the competition's up, you know, got to have a little fun with them. Absolutely. You know, but... Uh, <laughs> It is open to anybody, but it, it was designed that, hey, you know somebody that needs a job or a change, that's what it was for. Uh, we kind of put it out there at, you know, gas stations, the pizza place, the laundromats, you know, somebody's got some time looking at it, a little tear-off uh, that they can take a look and say, hey, call this guy, see what it's about, you know, check it out. Here's, I think this would be something for you, you know. Wonderful. You've got two info sessions coming up, correct? I do. I got an information session here June 26th. That's a Tuesday. It'll take place at my Advanced Manufacturing Technology Center down in Oshkosh, just south of the EA building, right next to uh, the Veterans Memorial. And the other one is July 9th. Uh, I believe that is a Monday. Both of them will be from 8.30 to 12.30. There's no cost. And we call it the test drive, just like uh, Marine Park did. Uh, the idea is just like kind of taking a car for a test drive. How does it feel? How does it handle What's the smell like, you know, or what's the sound, you know? Um, so we'll have them meet the instructors, take a tour of the facility. We got a virtual reality, well, uh, several virtual reality units where they, they actually put on like a welding helmet. It feels the weight of the welding helmet. Well, how does that feel? You know, that feels kind of clunky mm-hmm. or whatever. And they pick up a welding uh, um, the arc stick there, uh, and then th- they see in their helmet as they're laying down a, an artificial weld, how they score, how did it rate, you know, it kind of grades them. And then uh, we're going to take them out to the lab and actually get them to lay down a real weld uh, on some metal there. Wonderful. Yeah. Ben, really quickly, how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in attending one of these info sessions? Well, I have a, a, a little website. You know, everybody seems to have that smartphone where they can jump on a website. So it's www.fv for Fox Valley, TC for technicalcollege.edu forward slash boot camp and i got a little interest form they can fill it out and as soon as they fill it out i get an email give them a call give them some emails otherwise they can call me direct and my number is 920-560-4232 wonderful fox valley tech in appleton perfect thank you very much uh ben kastner with fbtc for joining me and for the information on the boot camp well i appreciate this opportunity to spread the word
You're listening to Focus Fox Valley. My guests this afternoon are Mike and Nicole Keppel with Nature's Finest Foods, and they are gearing up for their strawberry season. Good afternoon to you both. Thanks you, thank you for being here. Thank you Thanks so much for, for having, having us. us. So I guess let's start off by telling a little bit about yourself and, uh, yeah, Nature's Finest Foods. Um, so Mike and I, we've been married for about three years. Um, we went to high school together. Yes. Want to disclose that we yes. all went to high school together. So this is very fun for me to catch up with you guys. Um, and started dating in college, basically. And so we've been married three years and we have two little boys. Um, Henry's going to be two in August and Oliver will be four. Or he is four months, I should say. Just turned four months. Wow. So mm-hmm. busy at home. Absolutely. Busy. And you also got some berries growing up right now. We do. We are in the middle of the berry season now. Um, so Nature's Finest Foods, we're just down in Oshkosh off uh, Highway S, uh, just outside the city, about five miles. So really close by for everybody. Uh, we started as a dairy farm actually in Hortonville. We got relocated due to a highway bypass project. So we had to start a new business and uh, decided to go the berry route. Um, so my parents are involved. They're the ones that actually bought the acreage and built the house out there. And then my dad likes to joke, I'm the brains and he's the brawn. <laughs> so that's kind of how that got started. Um, right now we're doing the strawberry season right now. Probably we'll be picking through about July 10th probably. Um, we'll also have red raspberries coming up uh, about the 4th of July. So that'll be exciting to have both strawberries and red raspberries at the same time for people. Awesome. So why did you decide to start a berry farm? What inspired you there? Mainly it was necessity. Um, Parents knew that they were going to have to start another business and I knew that they weren't financially going to be able to afford starting another dairy, especially having the relocation process with the state being a long drawn out process. Um, I went to Madison for horticulture and it was, I liked the idea of the chaos of a three-week season, sure. it's kind of a high-risk reward. But uh, seeing everybody come out and enjoy the farm experience, um, getting to experience agriculture, local farms, uh, that was something that was close to me growing up on a dairy farm and seeing my parents possibly losing that. Uh, that was something we wanted to try to preserve. Very f- f- cool. And I love that you guys are doing berries uh, and you're doing not just strawberries. You mentioned raspberries. Uh, why did you decide to kind of do more than just you know strawberries? Uh, diversification, uh, just to keep keep yourselves fresh in the market. Um, have alternate crops. We're also doing blackberries. Uh, unfortunately, probably won't be a ton of them this year, um, but we're trying out new things. Uh, we're probably going to start getting into more pumpkins and sweet corn, and we'll expand as we you know have time and and can afford to do more things. Now, you guys are relatively new, so if people haven't heard of you, what's the experience when they come out to your farm? What are they kind of going through? Um, so really, when they're coming out to the farm, they're stopping up at the shed when they get there. Uh, we have a tractor ride that takes them out to the field. Uh, so we give them their flat, take that tractor ride out. Um, we have a couple of acres of strawberries that they are picking from. We always tell the kids, make sure they're eating lots of berries when they're out there too. We joke that we should weigh the children before they go out to the fields. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, they're just enjoying some time out there picking the berries. And then when they come back in, we weigh those berries and they're off on their way. I like that you can eat them while you you pick. That's like the highlight. Yes, for sure. It's the best part of it. Yeah. We've got about four or five different varieties that we're picking in currently. 
Um, so I encourage people when they go out there, try the berries that you're and find the one that you like best and then mm-hmm. stick with that one. And some people we find like certain berries better for, you know, if they're making pies or jamming or just those fresh berries to eat. So you offer suggestions to folks on which could be Definitely, the best pick yes. for them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, weather is a big factor in every farmer's season. So mm-hmm. what has it been like this year when what's the outlook on the crop? Uh, the crop looks good. Uh, the weather has been very strange. Uh, it <laughs> has been the past few years. Uh, really cool. Obviously, we had the big snowstorm in April, so that kind of threw a curveball at everybody. We were okay. We left the straw on the strawberries till late in April, so they were happy underneath that little bit of winter protection. But then May was kind of cool and wet, and uh, things were slow going, and then kind of went out with the big heat wave that everybody experienced around Memorial Day. And that really sped everything back up. So we actually started picking this year about five days earlier than we did last year, which was kind of surprising with given the general weather trends. But with the heat and the moisture, you know, the berries are looking good. And size-wise, you got some big ones, small ones, or is it kind of a find anything you want? I'd say there's a mix of everything out there. Yeah, definitely. There's some varieties that we have that are uh, a little bit bigger just as their nature. Uh, and some of our fields are a little bit older, so they've got a lot more smaller berries. Uh, but they're a lot sweeter. I find the taste to be fantastic on the small berries and as I well. And I always say that, too. I say I let people know that the small berries are usually the best ones. That's so. a good tip. An insider mm-hmm. tip. When people are picking the berries, there is a proper way to pick a berry. Do you want to maybe explain that? Sure. Um, we Most of all, we say, you know, make sure that berry is red. So a lot of times, especially when the kids are picking, you know, they might see that red berry on the outside. Always kind of turn it over to double check. Um, The big thing with picking that berry is to make sure to hold the stem right above the strawberry, and it's just a gentle twist. You want to keep that top of that um, strawberry on there uh, for it to last the longest. So there's another insider Mm -hmm. tip for for folks. So if people want to come out, they want to come pick, where where are you located again, and what hours are you open? So we're located at 4902 County Road S, um, just off of Highway 45. Uh, We are planning on doing weekdays from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. We'll also have some occasional evening hours. It's kind of all dependent on weather and what picking conditions are looking at like. Uh, Saturdays will be 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sundays 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And if people want to find out the day of, if you guys are, you know, right, ready for picking, where can they go to check that out? Facebook? Facebook is your best place to go. That's where we're updating information the fastest. So you can find us um, online on Facebook at Nature's Finest Foods. Um, otherwise, our website, which is naturesfinestfoods.com. And you can also give us a call. We have a um, automated system that lets you know our hours and picking conditions. And that is 920-710-1325. All but right. Facebook is your best bet. Facebook is That's the way to go. That's where we update everything Perfect. right away. Well, strawberry season, one of my favorite times of the year. So excited to hear about your business. And uh, hopefully we'll get out to pick some myself. So thank you to you both for joining us. Thank you for yeah, having thanks us. Thanks for having us. All right. We'll be back with more Focus Fox Valley in just a few moments. You're listening to WHBY. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.